Hello, guys, and welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley. And hello, you haven't seen my face in a while. I haven't done one of these in a long time. I love doing the virtual stuff because we can throw it on YouTube and people can see my face and stuff. Um, thank you for tuning in. And today I'm speaking to, Ch- to Stuart Edmonds from um, the Shropshire Wildlife Trust. Um, we're going to be talking about nature and, and how we can um, all appreciate nature a little bit more. Um, thank you for joining me, Stuart. Thanks very much for having me, Alex. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you guys reaching out to speak to me because I, I feel like um, I feel guilty in the fact that I haven't done nowhere near enough with, with Shropshire Wildlife Trust. I, I was there actually a couple of weeks ago. I was actually in your premises with uh, Nigel Baker. Um, we were recording a, a historical tour of Shrewsbury Abbey, which of course extends right out to where the Shropshire Wildlife Trust is uh, and those buildings there. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate this as a, a bit of an icebreaker. We did a little bit actually about Two years ago, we did the Darwin Festival, did a Darwin Festival talk um, with you guys, but not covering what you guys actually do. So, before we get into talks, not talking about um, thirty days of nature, which is uh, which is what we're mainly here to talk about. Um, I want to talk about the Shropshire Wildlife Trust, just for people that may have driven past a billion times and <laughs> never stepped foot in into the Wildlife Trust. I don't understand what you guys do. Maybe aware of you understand the, the amazing work that you do and also we have listeners abroad as well that might want to know more so can you give us an idea of what the wildlife trust is well that's that's quite a challenge to to fit into anything other than a, a very quick nutshell but the, the wildlife trust obviously <laughs> people drive past it they, they'll they'll see and see our bits and pieces online as well on digital platforms every so often but not really realize the the, the scope of the work that the trust does so as well as having the, the offices in abbey Fallgate, we've got the um, the, the the luxury of, well, I say luxury the, the joy of having forty one nature reserves around Shropshire, but it's not just about the the nature reserves. It's also about working with landowners. We're, we're trying to create more space for nature. One of our big um, schemes at the moment is to basically tr- try and create an, at least thirty percent of space across Shropshire for nature by the year two thousand and thirty, which we're doing with other trusts, and um, we're, we're doing that through uh, working with landowners. We were with loads of schools we run events we've got local branches all over the place that also run their own little events and activities so a huge amount of work's being done by the, the trust and you'd never guess the amount of work that's happening when you drive past an before gate when you're stuck in traffic that's a hub of activity in our, our offices most of the time yes um and you know to get a good idea of what's actually going on with the Shropshire Wildlife Trust, you really do have to have a bit of time for you and have a look on the website because the website is actually one of the most informative websites I think I've ever seen because it really does sort of show the 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 the, the amount of work that you guys do. Um, you could sit there for a, a good while reading on the, the amazing things that you guys have achieved over over, over the years. Um, and when you speak, when you talk about thirty percent of, of of green space, is that to stop people from developing on those areas um, to make sure that there is space for wildlife to exist? But it's it's a li- little bit of protecting what we've already got. But the the, the big really the impetus for us is all you need to do is look at some of the stats uh, nationally. I mean, there's one statement that, that Sir David Attenborough has pointed out several times in the, the past through his documentaries, and that is that the, the UK is actually one of the, the most depleted, if not the most nature-depleted country in the world now. So we've lost huge amounts of nature. And part of that, uh, the, the reason for that is because we've um, basically stepped on, on onto the natural areas where we've created more land fit for humans to use. And that there's been a, a huge... Um, impacts uh, because of development but 
all of this is, is reversible. So, so what we're, we're trying to tell people is that there's things that we can do to actually stop that decline of nature and start bringing nature back, but we've got to create more space for it first. I saw a, a story a while ago. This is like a weird uh, bit of digression here, but a, a story about New York and about the, the high-rise transit systems that they had that they've closed a lot of. Still some exist, but there's some that they turned into nature, nature reserves. So you can walk through nature and enjoy nature on what was ex- originally a, a, a busy... Uh, train track that's high above uh, uh, these are these are great exa- a great example of letting nature take over what we've done to the the earth i thought that was a really good idea but, you know. yeah yeah there's some really great examples of that in in particularly telford where it's obviously the birthplace industry and the, the mm-hmm. industrial revolution you can walk through bits of woodland now where there's just little hidden remnants of, of, of that industrial past but because nature's being left to take over again uh, it, it demonstrates that, g- given a bit of time, that, that nature can can return, but it also needs a bit of a helping hand too. Reminds me of uh, I Am Legend with Will Smith. He's walking it, through the it, city. It, it, yeah. We're not getting back to the point of having roaming packs of wolves or anything. In, in no, 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 no lions. Yeah, no, don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> and I think you're on the point. I mean, like I always look at these. Um, beautifully manicured roundabouts in Shrewsbury because obviously it's the it's, it's a, a city a town in bloom you know it's, it's a great thing that you know they do look after these these roundabouts and these beautiful spaces but I'm thinking there's maybe a bit of guilt there <laughs> it's like yeah we're sorry that this thing exists so we'll just make it look really pretty uh, for you know but it's, it's a good little I suppose those little things are tiny good little hubs for, for wildlife to exist I don't know. yeah and that, that's definitely a message that, that we're trying to push more often now is that even the smallest little space can any outdoor space at all can be made into a, a little wildlife haven by by just planting a few wildflowers and things. So that those those islands and uh, particularly like roadside verges are, are really important for for wildlife. And you just you drive past them, you don't even think of roadside verges as being anything important at all. But they're actually really good little wildlife havens. Mm. I was in Frankwell. Um, just I was sat like, in traffic, and I was looking at that big roundabout up at the top of Frankwell there, by the mount. And, uh, and I was like, I could sit there and have a picnic. It's a nice space. You could go in there. You're hidden around by all the trees, and you could sit there and 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 not know that you were surrounded by traffic apart from the noise, of course. Um, one of the one of the, the the greatest interviews we did at the Biscuit it was last year. I spoke to Do- Dr. Niall McCann. Um, he's obviously one of Shropshire's. Um, uh, uh, champions of of wildlife national geographic explorer great guy and he we were talking we were talking about i think it was at the time it was uh, when the quarry was uh, getting absolutely obliterated by kids leaving bottles of beer bottles rubbish everywhere and it was a great um, task force that were filling up bags and bags of rubbish every single day um <laughs> from what was going on in the quarry and we were talking about how um and i don't want to sound like gen- like I'm, I'm attacking the next generation because i'm really not i feel like there is some work that needs to be done but we need to do it positively without sounding like i'm back in my day um but like there's a, seems to be a, a bit of a disconnect with the youth of today with nature uh, and i feel like that's really sad is this something that you've come across obviously you work in schools a lot um yeah yeah that that's really um i mean it's more noticeable uh, now more than ever how disconnected kids are uh, i mean like from my point of view i, I spent probably 90 percent of my summer time but whenever i could outdoors playing in, in, in go and find a stick and, yeah. yeah yeah anything even a stick yeah that, that'd be enough to entertain me for a day uh, i mean i wouldn't recommend that you go around hitting people with sticks but no. that's the sort of thing that we used to do is it sword fighting with sticks and and, and just even making dens in, in the woods and uh, it's just yeah. all these little simple things that um 
not only was it good fun for us, but now looking back, it was actually really healthy for us because we spent time out, obviously, um, getting loads more fresh air, loads more exercise. And that's one of the key things we're trying to get people to reconnect with nature is that we want people to, to be healthy too. So it's not just that we want to protect the nature, we want, we want to protect other people as well. They, they need to be out getting exercise and, and, and fresh air and not being locked away constantly. Absolutely. And it's great for your mental health. Uh, it's really, really good for your mental health. Um, one of my favourite places, obviously, because it's right on our doorstep, is Attingham Park. I love, love, love walking through there. It's such a great space. It really is. I think it's massively underrated. People go, oh, Attingham Park, go there all the time. But actually, it is one of the most beautiful places. I mean, I've, I've travelled all over the place. I mean, lots of people have. But, I mean, Attingham Park, for me, is one of my favourite spots. You can see it. One of my favourite things is to try and listen for the woodpeckers and stuff, you know. And I was walking with my, my 17-year-old kid, um, and I, I made him stop. And listen, and this is a this is a kid that's used to you know blasting Fortnite every night and you know not being involved with nature and stuff. And he actually really enjoyed sitting and listening for this woodpecker, which is just a, a, a nice thing. So I like to think I've I've, I've done my part there. <laughs> yeah. and, and that that's all it takes is it's just those little simple things that just taking time out for a minute or so and just listening out and suddenly that's all it takes to to reconnect with nature. But actually, you've really got to make the effort to do it, and that, that's what we're trying to encourage people to do. Um, I don't mean to bring it up, and I know it's, it's it's kind of in the distance, but people kind of still kind of ugh, to talk about. But uh, the lockdown nature um, uh, was was really embraced by people during, during the pandemic. People just got out walking, uh, bird watching. Uh, there's lots of stuff going on in their gardens and stuff. Um, do you feel like that is that has been a catalyst for a lot of people getting involved with nature? Is that something you've seen? There, there was definitely a huge like. The, the increase in interest in nature over the last couple of years was pretty mind-blowing. But what became really apparent was the fact that for the first time that people actually had time to, um, if, if they're working from home, they're, they're unable to go out and do the things they'd normally do. Mm. Suddenly they're, they're maybe sitting in the garden, they suddenly realise, oh, it's quite nice actually just spending five minutes sitting in the garden listening to the birds. And people just haven't thought about doing that for so long. And it gave people that that. Not not everybody, but uh, a percentage of people were, were getting out and, and connecting with nature in ways that they hadn't done since they were, they were kids, and that that's that's definitely um, something that we we need to keep the ball rolling. So it's very easy to slip back into the, the old routines, isn't it? And um, I could be guilty of it myself if. Uh, we all have. I mean, I think society has been like a coiled spring, and then as soon as we were allowed to do what we, need, we, we were normally supposed to do, everybody was out, you know, doing their thing. Okay, let's get back into this. Yeah. Um, but one of the things we saw, and this is this is a, a you know to talk about what you guys offer on your website, the, the list of great nature reserves that you guys look after, and, 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 and you know, you list great places where you can go walking. I feel like that's a great thing because everybody just kind of. Sort of moved into the same spots uh, during during the lockdown. Cardinal Valley is a great example of just cars just piled up, and you know walkways getting damaged by so many people being out there and stuff. Whereas, like your website offers a variety of nature reserves that people can go and look at, just to spread people out a bit. Let's go somewhere different. Let's not all go to the same spot because you know it's, it could be quite damaging, can't it? Yeah, particularly if you're going somewhere for some nice peace and quiet. Uh, tranquility listening to the wildlife you probably want want to go somewhere where there's not a thousand other people yes so um and that's the the joy of shropshire is that shropshire is one of the the most rural and green greenest counties in the in the country and 
there's loads of spaces for people to go to, and I think it's it's really important that people realise what a special county Shropshire is as well. I mean, I, I'm I'm Shropshire born and bred, so I'm slightly slightly biased. But, <laughs> um, but uh, there's probably about a third of the number of people living in, in Shropshire than we've got in in neighbouring Staffordshire. But we, we've got loads of space for people to go to. It's just yeah. about raising awareness of where those spaces are so they don't become overcrowded. And I feel like, you know, being out in nature, it kind of just um, encourages a bit of empathy towards nature as well. You know, when you get out there and see yeah. the beauty of it all, um, you're not you're less likely to go around kicking things and knocking things over and not having any care for it. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, I drive to, I, I, I commute from Shrewsbury to Telford for my, for my job. And so I go through the back roads um, and through Buildwas into town that way, into Telford that way. And I'll, when I'm driving along, I just see like rubbish strewn into all the hedges and stuff i'm like why would anybody think that oh, i'm gonna go, i've got this coke bottle my first instinct is to, to just to lob it out of my window mm. because you know f bloody um con- uh, uh the, the wildlife i don't care about it. you know that that just seems like alien to me to think about i don't know mm. procrastinating um <laughs> it is um, it's, it's depressing it obviously has a, a negative impact on, on the wildlife but even for you driving past you're thinking well, that it just looks horrible doesn't it it's, yeah, it's, it's not it's, particularly it's, inspiring. It's not the first thing I'd think of if I had something in my car. I'd be like, "Oh, wait to put it in the bin." Um, I guess. And I got to say, I, I must have sounded like an old man. We're planning a trip to America next year, which is going to be great. Uh, we got we got family out in Miami, which is going to be good. And uh, I was chatting to my wife. She's like, "Oh, we're going to go to Disneyland," and I was like. Yeah, that's a little bit of me died inside because I, I kind of hate all tourist trap places, which is good. If I've got a seven, I've got a seven year old kid, and if I didn't take him to Disneyland, I am the devil. I am evil and incarnate. Yeah, you and that's you the, can't go to Miami and not go to Disneyland if you've got kids. Well, my first reaction was, uh, hold on, America's got loads of great country, uh, you know, country parks and stuff. Uh, mm. <laughs> Nate, what why can't we can we do some of that? And she was just, they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> let's just go for yeah it's just a weird but, thing from, but yeah. you, you can mix it up though can't you yeah man we will yeah, i'm sure you will say you, you trip to um, disneyland uh, go and have a look at the heavy glades yes yes yeah but there's I'll, ways I'll, around it um both worlds peace and quiet is great it's really important um but as, as well uh Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Star Wars, though. Star Wars kind of drew, drew me to, to... That was like the winning thing. You can go see the Star Wars thing. Okay, we'll go to Disneyland then. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you, actually. Um, so there are great initiatives that you guys put together. Um, and I'm reading now about about the 30 Days thirty days Wild. Um, would you like to explain to the listeners what 30 Days Wild is and who came up with it? Well, Thirty Days Wild is now going into its um, uh, probably seventh year, so it's it's a national initiative. It's not just Shropshire Wildlife Trust coordinating the whole thing. We're we're, we're part of a, a movement of forty six other wildlife trusts across the UK that are all managed uh, or we're, we're all under the the umbrella of the Wildlife Trust, so the Royal Society of the Wildlife Trusts, and they basically coordinated Thirty Days Wild initially to, to actually get people out every day and making that effort to reconnect with nature and, and and for people to actually realize that reconnecting with nature is is actually quite good fun it's not just about a chore and going out to do something really boring people can actually have great great fun if they, they go outside and, and spend time outdoors and so, so it really all basically stemmed as a like a national project that that we all started to buy into and then it's grown with 
um, in popularity over the last few years. And now we've, we've got um, well over 100,000 people across the UK participating in it. So uh, it's it's obviously got 100,000 people interested in, in trying to reconnect, but why not aim for another few hundred thousand and get a million people out there reconnecting with nature? And that, that's really the, the aim of the project over the next few months. Um, and when does this begin? So oh, right. 30 Days Wild runs from the 1st of June. So it's mm-hmm. a, just I'm just looking at the calendar now. It's only a week away. And uh, it runs for the, the duration of June. So it's just basically a chance for everybody to do one random act of wildness every day throughout the, the month of June. Well, if you're listening to this, guys, um, as I'm releasing this, I'm designing this to release on the 30th. So you've got two days, today and tomorrow, to sort of organise things, uh, which is great. I wanted to rush to get this out so that people can take part. Um, and so what, what activities are you encouraging people to do? Or, you know, is there a lot of initiative encouraged with this uh, with, with, in regards to sort of the fact, uh, the, uh, the things, that, the activities that people can take part in? Well, what I like to remind people, if, if they're taking part, is that no activity is too small. So th- even if the, the weather's bad, if you do one one wild thing outside, it could be that you go for a quick jog around the garden in the rain. That's 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 fine. That's a random act of wildness. Just Sir Tom. Um, <laughs> yeah, it could, it could even raise money. So that there's um, really really tiny little acts that, that, that people can do they, they can also go out and it, it's, it's about like going for a hike getting some exercise uh, every so often you can go and explore other places um obviously we've got nature reserves but th- there's also wild areas right the way across the, the the county for people to go to and explore and um it, it's, it's about reconnecting with you in a child as well so one of the first things i did when, when i got involved with 30 days wild was i made a rope swing and forgot that I was a lot heavier than I used to be the last time I went on a rope swing. But it just reminded me that you need to get heavier gauge rope if you're going to make a rope swing. When you're <laughs> Did you go fly into a bed of nettles or something? Um, yeah, I did, unfortunately. Yeah, and pulled down a, a branch with me. Oh, <laughs> so, no. Um, so it, I, but it just, it, it's those little things that just reminded me of childhood, that the amount of fun that we used to have, just, just making simple things with what we find around uh, the woods. We used to make some really dangerous rope swings. Really dangerous. I went to um, Lady Grove School in, in, in Dorley in, in Telford. And they had this um, beautiful wood outside of the school. And there was like this really steep hill. And there's a tree on the top. And we'd make a rope swing that would... Well, they, I didn't make it. It was just there. We used to just go on it. And it would go out over the over the, the the drop so if you fell off it you'd be falling a good a good distance and you probably on your way to hospitals crazy stuff we used to do as kids i know and um, i wouldn't advocate uh, anybody else trying that now but Don't that's do the stuff that. that we all Don't used to do, do <laughs> yeah, if it's a really rope, stupid thing to do quite low, yeah, <laughs> not over a, a, a massive cliff or anything like that we don't uh, advise them I feel like um, a swing or a tire swing or just a, a normal two rope, rope, rope swing, um, you know, they're good for reflecting on as well, you know, sitting and just being there. Um, yeah. What came to my mind thinking about something like this is um, you mentioned uh, Sir David Attenborough, absolute hero, love him to pieces. Is um, I'd love to see people bring out the, the bring out the, bring out the Attenborough, create your own little mini documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> as we see the squirrel jumping on the bird table which was made for the birds uh, <laughs> things like that would be great 
Well, and people can. That's what we really want to try and encourage people to you know, bring out their, their you know, that and take note of what what local wildlife they've got. And, and as you say, they don't have to go out to a nature reserve all the time to see wildlife. You've got bird feeders in the garden. That's going to attract squirrels and things. And and people could just that, that that's as far as I'm concerned, that's a, an act of wildness for the the day that they've they've sat there watching the, the bird feeder from the from the kitchen window. And they could even film those. Yep. So I would challenge people to see as much wildlife as they can because there's so much wildlife in Shropshire that people don't realise we've got. Beautiful wildlife as well. Um, Where I work in Telford, I'm lucky enough to have a nice garden. And I wouldn't ever consider myself to be a a bird watcher. I've never have been. I appreciate them. They're beautiful. Um, But there's there's, there's like loads of wildlife going on in our garden. So I'll I'll step outside and I'll, I'll be you know getting some air or something and there'll be like a robin that'll walk up closer and closer to me and i'm kind of like yo what's up rob you know i'm kind of really starting to connect <laughs> it's just a weird place to reflect but yeah I, yeah but that, that, that's what happens i think the, the more time you spend like that it's like having neighbors really isn't it mm. you start recognizing their little routines when they come down and like robins that they're, they're fairly bold and not tame exactly but they'll, they'll come down and eat and watch your top of bird feeders and mm. and wait for you and, and often start tweeting at you to to speed up oh, yep. the process <laughs> to get, get, get a good meal. And you know you forget sometimes that we are in the wildlife's world; they're not in ours. You know, and we are encroaching on their space. And I remember. I was in work again. I must have work on the brain. I'm, I've broken up from work now. I've got two weeks off. Why am I talking about it? Anyway, I was, I was sat in the office. I heard this thud and a pigeon had flown into one of our windows and there was this like bird imprint on the window. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the angel imprint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this bird was like flapping around. It, it was dazed. It got up. It was like a little bit dizzy and then flew off. But you realize that, you know, when, it, when we talk about things like buildings and, and cars, roundabouts, these things like us, we we are like in the way. Like these guys are just trying to live. You know, they're not like, oh, I'm not going to go down that road today because it's rush hour, really busy. They are mm-hmm. completely oblivious. They're just trying to live their lives. And, yeah. you know, we've got to try and make things easier for them. Yeah. Um, uh, and that, that's where people really underestimate how important gardens are. And uh, I mean, a, a figure that shocked me was to, to learn that. The garden space across the, the whole of England is a good twenty percent more than what all of the nature reserves combined make up. Wow. So, so garden spaces again, they're they're really good nature places if if they're managed properly for nature. Um, I was on Twitter earlier, and I'm going to swear now, but I'll bleep it out just so you understand what I'm talking about. But <laughs> there's a movement at the moment going on on Twitter called Lawns, right? I don't know if you're aware of this. Um, I don't know. And it's basically there's a movement against astroturf uh, being used in in gardens because it's really damaging to the environment. Obviously, you're not going to get earthworms, you're not going to get creatures and things enjoying the grass. Um, and so that I think they're trying to. I signed the petition petition today because of this um, this Twitter thing I was reading, and they're trying to impose a a, a welfare benefit tax um, on on um, people that buy um, astroturf. Just you know, because it's damaging towards environment, and you, you're saying there's 20 percent more garden space than there is nature, you know, in general. Um, I feel like it's we need to like ban astroturf a little bit. I think <laughs> that's a weird thing to say because it's it's really bad, right? Terrible. 
it's yeah it's as you say it's basically covering the the, the natural surface which is stopping things like blackbirds and uh, thrushes getting getting into the the soil to get worms and things they depend on but then it's also plastic and of course we're, we're trying to eliminate the use of plastic where we can in the, the natural environment so um astroturf like any other plastic um based produce is is going to break down over time so it's still weathered and that's all plastic that, that's going to end up in in water courses and, and things as it breaks down and it's it, it just well to me it just doesn't look very natural i know they're trying to make it look as natural as possible but um it just isn't a great kind of like surface to spend time on but the argument said uh, i mean i i've seen a, a few posts on social media and uh, people are really busy these days they haven't got the time to to look after the gardens as, as they they'd like to so they say well get a layer of astroturf i don't have to worry about mowing it every couple of weeks during the summer but on the other hand what, what my counter argument would be is wildlife likes mess it likes wild-looking gardens where the, the plants being left left to grow. So if you want to save a bit of time, then just don't bother cutting the lawn at all for the, the summer. Let it grow up high, and, and that's that's going to be just as good for wildlife. But astroturf, not very good for wildlife at all. Not a big fan. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you've got an astroturf uh, garden, I'm not, like, angry at you. <laughs> I'm not, like, pointing fingers out to you, but what I'm saying is uh, if you do have one, just realise that it's actually quite bad for the environment. Um I mean, I don't have a garden at the moment. I live in an apartment, but I'm very lucky to have the Rebrook on my doorstep. And, you know, I live in I live in one of these brand new estates that's been built, but that's because out of necessity, well, I wasn't like, oh, I only want to live in a brand new house and a brand new place. It was like, this is where we're moving, right? Um, but the Rebrook is, is really good to go and have a wander around. It's really, really, uh, it's really pretty place to, to go. And I was thinking of, um, you know, you're talking about 30 Days Wild and, and challenges for people to do. I thought... Why not? You know, we were talking about roundabouts at the beginning of this this uh, this podcast. I, I've got a challenge for anybody listening to this. If anybody makes this for me, I will be so happy. I'd love to see a montage of roundabouts in Shrewsbury featuring wildlife. You know, if you can get you, everybody's got a phone, you know, we've all got phones in our pockets. Take your phone out and record some wildlife existing on roundabout. Be careful. Don't don't get get crushed by a car or anything doing this but be very careful get onto a roundabout somewhere that's one of these beautifully manicured things lie down and try and get birds or a squirrel or something existing in one of these roundabouts just to show that even the smallest little garden that we put out to to direct traffic is important what do you think that, 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 that sounds like a great challenge uh, i'm just wondering now if, um i can't count the number of roundabouts in my head in trees at the moment but would it be possible to do 30 roundabouts wild Right. that'd be that, good that, that could be your, your challenge for, for June there, there may not be enough roundabouts in, in all the Shrewsbury but it's worth worth a go I mean if we're in Telford you'd probably be 30 is probably not enough <laughs> not a big enough number no, it could do 150 well we got listeners in Telford I mean it doesn't, matter, doesn't have to be exclusively uh, just, just for Shrewsbury if you're listening to this and you want to do this I would love uh, if you if you're going to do this get in touch um, and obviously this will be this will be huge um um, what effects do you think that Thirty Days Wild has had on 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 the, on, the, on nature in general? Have you have you created new fans of nature? Um, is it is it the, the same people taking part? I mean, do you feel like you're having an influence with this? Yeah, I, I think we've definitely seen there's uh, um, that there's more and more people year on year getting involved, and uh, obviously we, we could end up preaching to the same audience. So that once we've, we've got some people involved, they're, they're likely to, to carry on doing it. 
year after year and it's something that the families love doing and they look forward to, to doing 30 days wild but i think the, the big message really that other than getting people reconnected with, with nature is the fact that um the more people that are reconnected and care about nature the, the more people there are that that will take action to protect it and, and speak up for nature so that what what we tend to see is that there's the, the knock-on effect. So if, if we're, we're involved in national campaigns, that uh, like we're, I won't won't get too political now, but we'd be pushing for a, a stronger environment act uh, within Parliament, and we, we can have a much louder voice and have much more impression in, in influencing the government if we've got like, a, a half a million people behind us signing petitions and supporting yeah. our work. And that's it's the simple steps. It's getting people involved. And then they're much more likely to care about nature, get passionate about it, and and start to, to take action to protect it. Um, now, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on education and what's been going on over the last X amount of years because I, I left school a long time ago. But when I was in school, we did little bits of out in nature, draw around the leaf, bits of science and stuff we did, but um, never a, a full syllabus on woodland work which is what my boy does now in school and i i feel like that is such a beautiful thing uh, when it comes to we're talking about learning about empathy when it comes to wildlife i feel like teaching it as a school syllabus and you know i wouldn't say forcing kids out there but encouraging them to 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 learn about this I, I, my 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 son's seven years old and he'll come out with facts i had no idea about like and that's because he does woodland work in school every week yeah. in school they get out there they learn about bugs and um, they learn about how things grow and they're, they're learning about different plants and i think it's one of the most amazing things because like we said exposure to nature and being out there it just encourages care for the environment around you right yeah yeah absolutely and, and that's that's what the education work that we do that is all about is, is getting uh, kids connected from that, that early age and that, that just sparks the interest and even if they lose interest like like i did i, I was a proper wildlife geek until the I suddenly thought I better start being a bit cool to fit in with the, the cool kids at school once I got to high school. And and then I kind of put it on the back burner and didn't really lose interest. I just stopped paying any attention to it or, or looking into wildlife for a few years. But then that childhood interest was always there and it was just reignited. And I think that, that that's what we can do with so many people is reignite their, their interest once, um, once they get to adulthood. But it's all about starting the process at school. And I think the education system is really important in pushing this because that's, that's, of course, that's when kids get interested in something. If they do something fun, they're going to remember it. It's just about yeah. making nature and the natural world. It's something to enjoy too. It's not just something to protect. It's something for everybody to get out and enjoy. Um, my, my kid came up with something really... He said something really... He's really terrified, actually, uh, the other day. He was like, there's a kid in year six that follows you on TikTok. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's more, more the fact I'm being judged for being, I don't know, you know, but I do, I do take snippets of, of the other podcasts and I do share them on TikTok and they do quite well. People enjoy them. Um, and I was thinking, I, I, the younger generation, I'm looking at these guys to, like we talk about terraforming, um, you know, bits of urban urban areas into into oh. you know nature reserves and stuff. I think that's a great idea. I want to see more of that. 
I would love to see some derelict part of a town or a pit, and it's just be, it's just overgrown in a, in a in a manageable way, of course, in a safe way, uh, but a, a way of nature taking over what we've done, the, the scars on the planet. I'd love to do that. So, if you're listening to this and you're young. Uh, yeah, let's let's have more of that, please. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I'm being very demanding today, aren't I, Stuart? <laughs> I, want no, this. I was going to say motivational rather than demanding. Hopefully, <laughs> we have That's a dream. We crossed. have a dream. Uh, how can how can people um, take part in this challenge? And uh, is there is there a link or uh, anywhere on the website that they can? Yep. Yeah, so. Um, I should have said this earlier because you get freebies. That, 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 that's the best way to go to the website, uh, uh, Shropshire Wildlife Trust uh, forward slash, uh, sorry, .org.uk forward slash 30 Days Wild. And on there, you can sign up for a pack that, that takes you through to a, a sign up form. And you get loads of downloadable uh, goodies and resources, like a calendar that you can download so you can log all of your wild activities over the month and uh, there's uh, loads of things on there to to inspire and, and hopefully give people ideas because it's it's quite a challenge trying to think of 30 wild things to do over the month as, as i've found out in the past it's some sometimes start struggling a little bit so people can go onto the website and, and get some insp- inspiration hopefully for things that they can do I really like this roundabout challenge. It's in my head now, and I'm in, I'm in Greece for the start of this. But I do know a very talented uh, filmmaker who, who ah, was okay. part of the biscuit. Um, so maybe, well, if you could find somebody to to do that, that that be something that we we would love to share as well. Because that, yeah. that, that's that's a great way of demonstrating that a, a little tiny patch of land, even a roundabout surrounded by traffic, could be a, a little nature haven if if managed properly. Um, also, as well, I love. For someone to buy, because um, I was reading about uh, spraying seeds and stuff. I love them, by the way. The scatter seeds that you can just, just as you're walking yeah, along, you just seed bombs. Seed bombs. That's the one. Thank you. Um, uh, I'd love to see uh, people do thirty seed bombs <laughs> throughout the month. And just can you imagine how much influence you'd have on the bees if you for thirty days you're out spraying just seeds everywhere, and because of yeah. you. Um, there's there's 30 patches of wildflowers just appear across Shrewsbury or Shropshire wherever you guys are doing this. It's a great idea. Great You're on fire stakes now. Now I challenge somebody to to do 30 seed bombs wild. There we go. We got two. We got two that's great the, challenges the, the, for you guys. That's, that's two, two, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but uh, we'll if you these little patches, won't we, of, of flowers that pop up randomly in, <laughs> in industrial estates and roadside verges. Um, don't go, f- <laughs> don't go to your nans or whatever you guys have listened to this and just flower bomb her. Got a b- perfectly manicured garden with wildflowers. That's probably the way she likes it, you know. Uh, what I'm saying, like get out in the wild, you know, these walk paths that are just bland, uh, shit, you know, uh, grass. Just, I, I just do it. I think it's a great natural way of graffiti. <laughs> just, I don't care about your manicured this, that, and the other. Um, but that, don't do it to your nan's garden. Do it to the the waterways. Not, not without permission. Not without permission. No. Um, uh, Stuart, I'm, I'm I love this. I, I mean, I mean, I'm going to Greece. I, I'll be away for the beginning of this, which is you can be oh, wilding no. Greece as well. <laughs> Thirty days oh wilding Greece. I could, couldn't I? Yeah. Well, I'll leave that one with you. But I, I can think of some great things that you could do not on the beach. 
just make a sandcastle. That that's pretty wild for a start. Yeah, actually, that's, that's natural resources. Uh, uh, I don't need that much encouraging to be wild, but um, to find what I don't know what wildlife can kill me in Greece, so I've got to be cautious about this. Um, <laughs> do you know, it's a tropical place. It's hot. It'll be okay. It's, I'm sure. I'm sure. Place, yeah. um, if you guys are going to take part in this, please uh, get in touch. Uh, send us a message. What have you? I'd love to hear off you. I'd love to know what your efforts are. But also, uh, Shopshire Wildlife Trust would too. Is there a hashtag for this that people can include on their social media? Yeah. So we ask anybody participating in the county to, to at least tag uh, thirty days wild, and so we can track what, what everybody's doing. So we can share as much as possible. But we'd also ask people to use the hashtag. SWT 30 Days Wild, and and yeah, we, we can just basically see all of the the fun and chaos that, that people are, are hopefully having or causing across the county. Um, okay, I'm writing that down because I am um, uh, SWT 30 Days Wild, right? Yeah. Um, I because I'm editing this literally straight after we finish because I've got to get ahead of things. So I'll, I'll include the link on this this podcast and the hashtag as well that you can use, guys. Um, Stuart, honestly. I've loved chatting to you today. This has been great. And I'd love to do more with the uh, Shropshire Wildlife Trust. Um, uh, we've been out at festivals and events. And, of course, I've been out with Nigel Baker and, and Maggie Love and stuff, making some uh, history tours and stuff. I, I love getting yeah. out and about, especially with my camera. If there's any way we can come out and help you guys, um, even if we come to the centre and do, like, yeah. a, a tour around the centre or something, just to encourage more people in, I'd love to help out. I, you know, you've got my mic. You have yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, we, we can definitely organise something. So yeah, just just give us a shout. Or, well, when you're back from Greece, we'll we'll sort something out. But oh, now, now, it's, now it's going to be a good time to go to the centre because the, the all the, the the gardens in full bloom. So there's no no better time to go into the the centre now. So if people are walking past, they can pop in. It's there's no charge or anything. Just pop in and have a look around. Fantastic. Uh, genuinely fantastic i love that i love what you guys do um and i'm glad that we've got to finally speak to you guys we're going to be going for four years at the biscuit and it's just taking that long but um i'm glad we've finally done it we get there in the end we do we get there in the end we'll make up for it um um before we obviously we're running short on time but how can people away from 30 days wild um if if, if, um i was to ask you now um in what way can people generally help Shropshire wildlife trust what would you say um, I'll go for the, the the obvious one, and what people sometimes forget is that we're a charity. We're obviously there, but we're we're trying to raise the funds to be able to do all all of these um, all of this work and, and reach these ambitious targets. So, um, I'd encourage as many people to sign up as members as possible, and that that way we're growing our membership so we can afford to look after our our, our special places, but we can also um, have more of a voice in, in trying to influence. Uh, Either the, the protection of the, the natural world and, and of wildlife. So, definitely become a member. If if not, uh, sign up for like our e newsletter. You can have a look at our website, and there's, there's all kinds of little bits of advice, um, actions, and things that people can do to, to look after their local nature. So, fantastic, fantastic. Get online. That's the, the best thing to do. You were what the man said. Make sure you you, you take a look. Um, I've I've really enjoyed this, but. Um, where can people find you on social media? Is it just Shropshire Wildlife Trust on Facebook and Instagram? Yeah, so it is Shropshire Wildlife on, on Twitter. Instagram is Shropshire underscore wildlife underscore trust. And uh, Facebook is just, just Shropshire Wildlife Trust. 
Amazing. Uh, and I'm genuinely really serious about this, guys. If you want, if somebody wants to do the, the, the roundabout challenge in, 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 in cooperation with the Shrewsbury Biscuit, once I get back from Greece, if you, if you make a start on this project, um, while I'm in Greece, I can pick it up when I get back and you'll have the full support of the Shrewsbury Biscuit. We'll come out with we'll you some interviews and stuff. So if somebody wants to take on the roundabout challenge, I am, I will, I will help you out and we'll make this thing get big. So yeah, somebody take yeah. that for me, please. Uh, right before we go, I want to say uh, a huge thank you um, to the guys at Shropshire Festivals, Beth Heath and the team there. Um, we went to a party in the Quarry Park at the weekend. It was an amazing weekend, uh, day. I couldn't go for the Friday. I could only go for the Saturday. I had uh, family stuff to do on Friday. Uh, but it was such an amazing event. I enjoyed it so much. There is a vlog on our YouTube now, which you guys can go and watch. It's, it's quite lengthy because I covered it in quite a bit of depth. We've got some interviews with with, with some of the bands. Um Got some, got to speak to some of the people walking around and uh, a few of the, the organizers as well. We've got interviews with. Um, so uh, make sure you check that out and thank you guys for, for letting me be a part of that. When I get back from Greece, uh, I will be taking part in um, the, the Wellbeing Festival, which is, uh, I'm going to be there. This in the quarry on the 11th and 12th. Um, when I get back from Greece, um, I am going to be getting ready for Pod Aid. It's coming back, and I don't want to look like this. I want to look good. So that's when the real training begins, back at the gym, um, making sure I lose a bit of weight. And well-being is going to be a great way for me to get as much advice as possible. So my mission during well-being is to get, build an advice pack for me and for everybody else that's in my situation, putting on a bit of weight, wants to become healthy in mind and physically. So that's what my mission is going to be. So we will be there. And there are tickets still available for that. And before, while I'm in Greece, which is the 90s Revival Festival. I can't go to this. I'm sorry, Dave and Benno. I'll be in Greece. And I'm so, so good. They have a, a festival, two-day festival, on the 3rd and 4th of June. Um, there are tickets still available, but they're going quickly. Um, if you'd like, like the, the, the great vibes at the 90s Revival throw out in during their, fe- during their um, sets and during the bits that they do is so infectious. Um, and there's something for everybody there. And it's not just a 90s revival. There's East 17. There's all of the 90s sort of dance, the dance groups that you were, that were available. Um, uh, you know, uh, when it was the 90s. <laughs> so there's lots there. So, uh, go to the 90, uh, the 90s revival, um, website and book your tickets now. Sorry, I had to do all that bit just to, just for my friends out there. Stuart, you've been amazing to talk to. Thank you so much. Well, thanks up. for having me along. And yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll get some exciting updates on roundabouts and roundabouts <laughs> well, gardens, yeah, over the next few weeks. All oh, right. Brilliant. I love it. Well, thank you so much Stuart, for, uh, for coming on the show today. And uh, feedback is always, always welcome guys. Uh, just get in touch on our, our socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, and we're on TikTok as well. I like to cut up these little bits and send them away and, and put them on there. So uh, yeah, you more than guys more than welcome to get in touch and, and uh, let us know whether the things are good, whether things are bad, and what you've been up to. So um, we'll we'll leave you now. Uh, thank you, Stuart, for joining me, thank and you. we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. <laughs>